Have you ever been in the middle of a really good conversation on some issue of social justice, and I mean like a stimulating one, or even just in the room when this conversation was going on, and then a matter of religion, or specifically Christianity, came into the mix and things got awkward? Have you ever wished that your safe friends and your woke friends were the same group of people? If so, this episode is definitely for you. This is the first of Rewind episodes where we're going to be taking a look back to take another dive into what it's like to just live with the tension of being saved and woke. I'll be sharing with you some of my experiences. We're going to revisit a conversation I had with my old co-host, uh, DeAndra Jenkins, talking about her experiences with this. And I hope that you, and I'm pretty sure that you will be, one, be encouraged to know that you are not alone in in this experience and come away feeling assured that, one, you are not crazy. You are not the one with the problem and have some steps for moving forward with conviction and confidence. This is the Saved and Woke podcast all about gospel-centered conversations on social justice, politics, and pop culture. I am your host, Juan Tusei. I'm a social worker, husband, father, and most importantly, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Join us as we seek to shed gospel light on issues like systemic injustice, racism, and social change. You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. What up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Tusei, here with another episode of the Saved and Woke podcast. So like I said, this is the first of what I'm calling the Rewind episodes, sharing some oldies but goodies, specifically the episode about talking about living saved and woke in strictly progressive spaces i thought this would be a good one to start with one because it was the first episode the first full episode of the podcast and it's a great conversation and it's just it's a conversation that is just always relevant and it's also why i started the podcast and i think i was under the impression that i had gone into detail about that but even when i listened to this episode i didn't really give much backstory about it so just to give you all to fill you all in the reason this this podcast was born out of this tension this awkward feeling that i would have when i would be in progressive spaces specifically in class when i was getting my masters of social work i go to uh, i went to unc which is more or less uh i guess likes to think of itself as a pretty progressive school and definitely the school of social work does and there will be these instances where we'd be talking about stuff and the conversation be going good i'll be learning i'm like yes taking notes i'll be snapping at my at my classmates and then christianity will come up and people's eyes will roll and they're just and the, the whole conversation around christianity was about how christianity is the enemy to progress and christianity is is like anti anti-justice which just does not jive at all with the 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 love of christ uh 
and the the biblical righteousness and justice that I see in in the scriptures and so it would get very very awkward and i never really felt like and this i don't know if this is true or not unfortunately i never spoke up in class but because i didn't feel safe to voice a lot of my convictions i never did and and but i created the podcast because i wanted to have a platform where there was more more nuance was allowed um, where we could have conversations about social justice that were still grounded in biblical biblical truth and vice versa. We could have spiritual conversations that were also informed of historical, political realities of just the realities of racism, the realities of the legacy of, of slavery in, in America and, and Western culture, right? So, this conversation that we're going to be revisiting is a conversation that I had with my former co-host, DeAndre Jenkins. And I'm glad that we're doing this one, like I said, because it's a good conversation. And two, because I asked DeAndre all these questions and then never explained, never explained, you know, my, my thoughts, you know, it was my first, I was a baby podcaster at the time. And whereas, you know, over the seasons, the six seasons and seventh now, I, you know, got into the habit of, you know, asking my guests their opinions and then explaining my own. But then, you know, I was nervous and I wanted things to end as quickly as possible. So I just asked her the questions. And when I was over, it was a wrap. But um, I'm going to be filling the gaps in. And it's also interesting to hear this and to be presenting this now because another thing that I don't like about just, I don't know about just culture in general, I don't think it has to do with woke culture, but I just think it's like the, in the social media, internet culture that we have now, everybody wants to be right all the time. And if you didn't know, every, if you don't know everything about a subject at, at any moment and whatever moment you decide to talk about it, you're wrong and people don't give you room to grow. But there's definitely stuff in this episode that, I say or agree with that I don't really rock with now, right? And one of the things that I think is pretty interesting is that, you know, uh, the next episode, we're, we're going to revisit the conversation where we had about the, the tension of living saved and woke in strictly Christian spaces. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about that is that I was still at the at uh, what, I, what I'll call the anti-wokeness church that I used to go to before the church I go to now. Um, and even while doing this podcast episode, I had still internalized a lot of, I guess, anti-activism sentiment. And you can hear this like when DeAndre uses the word militant to describe her more demonstrative pro-black activism and uh like militant is not a word i would use now to describe any uh social change movement or maybe not all of them but i think it's a blanket term that is used most often used now to usually to only describe movements or ideologies that support anything other than the status quo which in racial terms is whiteness so if it's if it is subverting uh, the the racial hierarchy, oh boom, it's it's militant, and which is which is telling 
because like actual white supremacist militias, got, it's got the word militant in it. They're not described as militants. Usually they get described as, you know, concerned citizens or patriots or Christians. Okay, so that's just another wrinkle. You'll, you'll, you'll hear that um, and just know, you know, your boy Juan, he's, he's grown. That was, this podcast was, episode was recorded three and a half years ago. Okay, didn't he? I was not even a father. Okay, at that point in my life, your boy's done a lot of growing. Um, but anyway, there's a uh, there's definitely a balance. Hence the whole premise of the Save the Woke podcast to this to this life walking, like being spirit led, but also being educated and just seeing the world for you know for what's going on. Uh, we see the seeing the social and political racial realities and dynamics at play in in society and just going back to the word militant for a second i think anytime someone is expresses anger at an injustice oh that people are really quick to to label them as 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 militant or angry and it's always negative but i don't think and i and i and i say this in the conversation but i don't think i think it's perfectly fine to be angry at injustice you should be angry and i say a exactly that but before i just rehab this whole conversation um let's get into this uh this saved and woke Rewind, talking about living saved and woke, the tension of living saved and woke in strictly progressive spaces. On this first episode of Saved and Woke, we're going to be talking about living saved and woke in strictly progressive spaces. And I'm not just going to be talking about it by myself. I have my girl, my friend, my sister, DeAndre Jenkins coming in to join me. Um, and just to give you all some background on who she is, uh, she received her Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and African American Studies from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She is currently a graduate student in the counseling program, pursuing a dual degree in school counseling and career counseling at North Carolina Central University. And she is also the assistant executive director and co-founder of a nonprofit called Her Highness Incorporated, which is a mentorship organization based on what they call the three E's, education, empowerment, and elevation, and is designed to inspire and promote self-love, self-esteem, the development of healthy life choices, and sound decision-making skills. It is also designed to use interactive educational segments and positive role models to attend to serious issues facing young women in her home county of Columbus County in North Carolina and surrounding areas. Whew. That was a mouthful. You sound legit, D. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Warren. Uh, hey, everybody. Um, well, I really don't have to add much to that. Juan pretty much uh, just read my bio. Well, since you ain't going so right here, we go off on a tangent about DeAndre's organization, which in hindsight was embarrassingly long. I, I got to give young Juan some grace like i said i was just a baby podcaster at the time so what i'm going to do is we're going to skip that and get to the good stuff uh, where we pick up d makes one of my favorite comments of hers about being saved and woke and i think 
even the pause where she struggles to find her words is emblematic of our struggle as saved woke people as we try and articulate our convictions to people on either side of the saved or woke aisle. Let's get back to it. Thank you yeah. for the work that you're doing with Her Highness because it's definitely important. Yeah, but no now we are going to transition into the topic of the day, which again is living saved and woke oh, yeah. in strictly progressive spaces. Oh yeah. Awkward. <laughs> so I mean, just to avoid any awkward moments between us, you know, this is the saved and woke podcast. Oh, so yeah. I have to first start off by asking you, Sister Deandra, <laughs> do you consider yourself saved and woke? <laughs> Why, yes. <laughs> yes, I do, actually. <laughs> All right. Good. Dodge that bullet. All right. So um, what, does that, what does that mean for you? You know, that's, that's a good question because, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Um, but to kind of put it in formal words, for me, being saved and woke is, you know, as you said, it, it is kind of awkward because... <laughs> It's like you feel like you don't fit in <laughs> into you know one particular space. Y'all can't see this, but I'm nodding emphatically. So, <laughs> so you know, I guess to kind of break it down is like break it down. <laughs> so it's like when you know I'm in you know a, a Christian space. You know what I mean. Um, if I you know start talking about topics you know, that are, you know, considered woke or kind of display my wokeness. Um, even not like, not even in like Christian spaces in general, but like just in, you know, areas that are considered, you know, Christian areas, like my, my hometown is, you know, most of the people in my hometown are Christian. Like, so even if I begin to like speak of, you know, things related to, you know, wokeness or whatever, like, I'll get the side eyes or I'll be like, <laughs> be like, Deandre, you crazy. Like, something's wrong so with you. So not even like, just church, like, any yeah. type of religious... Yeah, any type of religious area, okay. religious demographic, religious setting, like, whatever. Um, but what's like, it like being saved and woke? And like, let's say, so we're talking, it's talking about progressive spaces. So let's say since we're both university students, yeah, let's yeah. talk about being saved and woke. How does it feel being saved and woke like at a university? <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> that's that's another level of awkwardness. At a, I guess, a, <laughs> more specifically, like a, a liberal university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Definitely get what you're saying. It, 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 yeah, and again, I say it's it's another level of awkwardness because you know. Um, being that, you know, I consider myself to be a Christian. Um, sometimes, you know, <laughs> when I'm with, you know, or just speaking with, you know, people who are quote unquote woke or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I feel like I want to, you know, bring God into the conversation. Um, sometimes like I'm met, well, not even sometimes, like all the time <laughs> I'm met with that awkwardness and it's like, dang, should I say anything or should I not? Like, I'm going to get looked at funny or they're going to look at me like, dude, whatever. True. Like, you know, so it's it's like awkwardness on both sides, but it's it's different on, you know, on each end. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So. And just, just talking about it, like, 
at school specifically. So, I mean, it is an awkward space because on the one hand, like you go to a college as great as ours, which by the way, if I haven't said it already, is UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> go Heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, before, before I went to college, I was not woke in the least. Like I pretty much believed everything that I was, you know, fed in my history and social studies classes in school yeah. and what people told me um was the truth about you know our country's origins and like our founding fathers and whatnot oh, um and so it's kind of weird because you go to college or i went to college and um i remember the first i guess waking up moment i had um and it wasn't even about anything in american culture or American politics. Um, it was in, I guess, South American politics. Uh, mm-hmm. when I found out, because like I'm, I'm black and Puerto Rican. And one thing that I had always noticed is how, you know, um, Mexican people and Central Americans and Puerto Ricans and other Caribbean Latinos, you know, they look, we look different. Mm-hmm. And I just never, I never questioned like why that was. I was always just like, you know, that's just the way it is. And I remember when my uh, history professor was saying, well, you know, the reason that is, is because the, the, the natives in the Caribbean Isles, you know, they, they died and they had to bring in slaves. And that's why we look different. That's why a lot of, you know, um, mixed people with like uh, mixed with black and white can kind of like, quote unquote pass for being Hispanic is because they look like Puerto Rican, Cuban and and Dominican Mm -hmm. people. And I was like, what? (laughs) That was the first time I started asking myself, I think uh, like why things are the way they are. And I think that's a huge part of being woke. And I got that from college, you know? So a huge part of my wokeness is from college. And I really appreciate that, which is why it is so awkward to be not just woke, but saved. And woke. So can you, I see you about to, you already about to chime in right now. So I was going to ask you, (laughs) can you think of a particular instance where just your saveness and your wokeness was just like really at odds in the university setting? Oh yeah. Because, um, kind of like similar to you, you know, I grew up, you know, not even like questioning or second guessing about what was taught you know, in history books, um, especially in high school, whatever. Now I had a high school history teacher that, you know, she kind of broke down the real deal to us, you know, in some instances, but even then I was just kind of ignorant to the fact, um, if anything, I was just trying to get out of high school, you know, just keeping it real, you know, (laughs) but, um, of course, you know, I was, I was raised in the church. I grew up in the church. Um, and then, like, I didn't really <laughs> become woke <laughs> until I got to UNC. And um, it wasn't even really within the first couple years. It wasn't until um, I, be- I started uh, taking some African-American studies classes and then ended up declaring that as my second major my junior year, you know, and just like, oh, man, like, I just became exposed to, you know, the truth about my culture. And not only that, but... What I, you know, grew up in, you know, as far as my culture is concerned, like, it's actually considered 
you know, history. It's actually considered um, academic. Mm -hmm. And so that's what really, you know, drew me to uh, being becoming an African-American studies major also. So this point that Dee just made is huge. She just let us know that the first time her culture, her black identity was affirmed was at school, her progressive school, not even in her black church. And, you know, these conversations on the tensions and dynamics of being saved and woke in progressive spaces and Christian spaces could have and maybe should have been one one episode. But I'm really glad that that D mentioned it right here at this point in our conversation. That actually pretty much ends what she had to say on the matter uh, at hand. But this benefit of education uh, leading towards social consciousness or wokeness is also a part, I think, of what makes it difficult or challenging to be saved and woke and progressive or I guess, you know, these academic spaces, because I feel like we as Christians are often looked at like we're stupid for continuing to hold on to religious convictions, even when it was in secular settings that many of us learned the harsh social truths about America. But what I'd like to do now is transition from just listing all the ways being saved and woke is is awkward and difficult and uncomfortable and get into sharing uh, what something that I wish I would have kept in mind when I was navigating these spaces on a more regular and I guess also intense basis. And by intense, I'm talking about like classroom, heated classroom discussions or or debates. One thing that I think that I just think people in general, but since we're talking about progressive people, uh, progressive people fail to see is that, you know, they are guilty of a, a few things that they accuse, you know, closed-minded, backward bigots of of being, often religious bigots of being. And one of them is just being uncompromising and refusing to 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 look at the the reality of the other person that they that they have a disagreement with or the perception of reality that the other person person has and what i mean by that is i was like especially when it, when it comes to christians i think most progressive people assume that all that anybody who cites some sort of religious conviction as an argument against any progressive talking point is lying and is being disingenuous and is only using the bible or scripture as a front to just be hateful and to maintain the status quo and they fail to realize that there are people there are real life people who truly do believe in the bible we believe that there is objective truth and that there is a living god who decides that who has decided it has left his 
word to to guide us he has he has established what righteousness and what justice looks like and so there is some overlap with a lot of progressive ideology but then there's also some stuff in prog- that, that is labeled as progressive that is out of the will of god and because we believe that because we that's a true conviction that we have that that's why we have this difficulty and i don't think that progressive people come to the conversation with that they come high and mighty on their high horse coming to preach to us coming to preach to believers what how we should believe instead of coming to the table uh, on a more level playing field talking to a, another fellow human being who has beliefs convictions values and desires uh, of their own that are worth consideration and thought just as much as theirs are one thing that my pastor has helped me realize is that you know especially he's this is been in context of like sharing the gospel with people but often we feel like we have to defend all the time and by we i mean believers but we i mean just just like they try to put us on the defensive a lot of times but they also have to defend their points of view um, as well so don't feel like you have to be defensive and don't feel like you have to be like the apologist or clean up the mess that other people that other by other people I mean other actual bigoted uh, so-called Christians have have made for the rest of us. And in the conversation, like, look, man, I don't, I know what people have said, but look, clearly, and oftentimes we're in, we are in these conversations with people that we know. Like, look, you know me, you know that I love justice. You know, I, and explain you know, like the reason I love justice is because of my. Of, of my Christian identity because I'm a believer and God has told us that we all matter. God has told us and because we all matter, I know that my life as a person of color matters. And you know, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So I hope you all feel empowered. I'm, I'm, I am preaching to myself right now as well because I need to be, and I, I, I wish I would, like I said, I wish I would have had the courage to, to stand up and been more more vocal about this uh, this kind of thing. This was a kind of a new format that uh, we'll be doing for at least a couple more episodes. Definitely the next episode because the next episode we're going to talk about the awkwardness of living saved and woke in strictly Christian spaces. And I already mentioned in the intro about how why that was that was awkward for me. And I'll get definitely into more detail with that um thank you again i always gotta thank y'all love y'all so much for for listening and until next time y'all know what to do keep the faith and stay woke